Hello, my name is Martin Plus, and what I would like to do is a podcast on my submission to the New South Wales Curriculum Review Interim Report, which was published in October 2019, and it is due for submission on the 13th of December. These are personal reflections on the New South Wales Curriculum Review Interim Report. I did, however, have the opportunity to collaborate in two professional submissions for my subject association, which is geography, and my school. The filter on which I make these submission, this submission is where possible to look at and at least address items I notice in my group collaborations, address at least one item from each theme and stick, the, stick to the areas of my expertise as a classroom teacher with some middle management administration responsibilities. One of the themes I'd like to talk about is the context. A changing world technology builds new ways of communication and this continues to have an impact on education at an accelerating rate. This expands us to the horizons of communication within and beyond the school and adds to the possibility of enhancing learning. It is not a question of digital communication preventing face-to-face -face communication. I believe it is rather a question of the order of the communication. One may meet face-to-face -face and then build this learning relationship digitally. Others may have connected digitally in a safe and referred context and then met face-to-face -to, -face to further build learning relationships. I have witnessed this in relation to students who might not have otherwise even connected with each other in the same school and the same classroom. Also in relation to context, those of us who have spent a lifetime in education, like myself, have in part been isolated from the nature of the rapidly changing workplace, but I don't doubt it's happening. It is a question of whether the schools are at the leading edge of shaping this change or through learning or responding to what is happening out there beyond the school gate. For example, in my experience, when what has become known as the social media came along in the early 2000s, the innovators were in the field of education amongst the ICT integrators that I worked with and later the universities and corporate organisations got involved. Even the fourth estate of, of journalism became involved a lot later. Another theme I'd like to talk about is community aspirations. There has been a shift in the thinking by the community when it comes to thinking about developing knowledge and deep understanding. I thoroughly agree with the need for factual and procedural knowledge and can see the merit in the option of timeless, relevant knowledge with strong focus on traditional subjects. For example, from what I have seen and observed in the classroom situation, many students have opinions about issues such as climate change, refugees, causes of income equality and the like. With a potential shift to developing deep knowledge, there is more likelihood that the students can come back with arguments and be prepared to analyse evidence from other sources. Another theme of interest in the interim report was community concerns. In relation to external testing, the testing does not always impact on the teaching and learning, as suggested. It, 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 it does, in the results, have an impact on the morale of teachers and students in the schools, and it can be perceived as problematic. For example, if the results are part of the league table and a school with enrolments are low, then the concern over external testing can be perceived as significant because of the marketing impact. Alternatively, if we shift the focus to the students, external testing can be viewed as a means to provide one source of rich data from which we can track student learning and put strategies in place to improve, to further improve their learning outcomes. Another theme 
of the interim report was guidance from learning research. I would like to explore the concept of the learning environment more deeply. I believe there are three dimensions to the learning environment. One's physical, social, and the third is individual, which create the culture of learning. There is a physical side of the learning environment and the, in the way the classrooms are set up and the makeup of the individual classroom. The interactions of the people in the physical environment create the social environment of learning and it's supplemented by digital, digital collaboration. Then there is also the individual learning environment. The, the parameters in which an individual student sets up themselves to learn efficiently and effectively. The learning culture is the sum total of all these derived from the physical, social and the individual learning environment and it works best when adapted to the needs of the individual students in the classroom. Another theme of interest was guidance for from reform initiatives. The general capabilities of um, the national curriculum, the Australian curriculum, are underrated yet valuable, misunderstood yet powerful for learning and can be well integrated despite, from my observations, a lack of uptake. These capabilities are known as 21st century skills or soft skills, which as the report rightly suggests are linked to life beyond the school gate. For our purposes in New South Wales, the general capabilities are literacy, numeracy, ICT competence, critical and creative thinking, ethical behaviour, personal and social competence and intercultural understanding. What is required is the explicit linking of these capabilities in the teaching and learning of subjects. For me, the main reason is that they provide the framework to build upon the deep knowledge and the deep understanding discussed earlier. This will enable the capacity, enable the capacity to apply knowledge in real settings and improve outcomes. Evidence in Australia and internationally suggests that there is a linkage to improve learning outcomes for life, study and work beyond the school gate. Another theme in the interim report concerns design principles. I can see how student agency is about students shaping and directing their own learning. This can be done not only through formal learning in the classroom, where they can become more self-directed in their learning, and their agency can be amplified through project-based learning, which is discussed later in the report. There is also non-formal learning, which was the basis of my Masters of Education. Non-formal education is the learning that takes place in a structured and unstructured manner outside the formal classroom. In Australian schools, this is best considered in extracurricular activities or in social justice initiatives, initiatives or groups within the school and beyond the school environment. In areas outside Australia, this agency of student learning can be expanded to include initiatives in um, developing countries such as rural development, health education, women and development, and literacy initiatives. Such non-formal initiatives could also be the foundation of student agency in Australia as they become involved in issues in their local area where the need is greatest and have the additional benefit of complementing their formal learning. Another theme which I consider one of the three important themes is reforming curriculum content. The key point for me from the interim report is reform direction two and how deep learning deep understanding builds on the depth of knowledge. Prior to reading this interim report, I've been thinking a great deal about deep understanding flowing from deep knowledge, and I'm pleased to see it being addressed here. How do we find the balance between depth and breadth, 
to lead, a, lead to deeper understanding and learning. How is it sequenced with building blocks of knowledge? The role of early years of schooling builds a foundation of knowledge from which a project and research-based learning can apply. Students choose to apply the knowledge in a way that they see it as relevant. In relation to deep understanding and depth over breadth, I see the discussion as being better framed and reconfigured as depth before breadth of learning. Depth before breadth of learning is very important. This is a precursor for deep understanding. This will redress the imbalance of what has occurred over the past several years of generalisation and the lapsing of understanding of core knowledge, concepts and skills. Perhaps this could even address the issue we're having as a nation in raising literacy and numeracy standards. Another important theme in the interim report is reforming the structure of the curriculum. There's a lot of discussion about the lack of flexibility in the curriculum structures and this is reflected in Reform Direction 5. I'd like to take a deeper dive into this notion. This inflexibility can be viewed in an existing curriculum framework and yet in the same structure there can be examples of flexibility. For example, in a large school with 8 to 10 classes in the year group it's hard to be flexible, but not impossible. If there is a requirement to teach the same case studies et al, yet in small schools with only a couple of classes, in a year group, the individual teacher has the flexibility to teach what and how they want within the framework of the syllabus program. They're not tied to eight classes having to do the same assessment task or the same case study. So the size of the school can have a role to play in this idea of flexibility and inflexibility. As an additional comment, it seems to me that assessments drive inflexibility and the ability to meet diverse learning needs. Teaching and learning seems to roll from one assessment task to another, restricting the ability to be flexible. Such an approach restricts, restricts the ability of students to learn at their own pace and in their own time frame. For example, it is generally acknowledged that the human brain is still developing to the age of 26, eight years after the students have left school, and more than a whole time students have spent in the secondary schools. Where is the flexibility to allow the students to sit in their own space as their brain continues to evolve rather than make it all happen while they are at school. Another theme which I found particularly interesting was the reforming of the senior school curriculum. The, the suggested redefined nine learning areas in Form Direction 14 is a worthy initiative to prepare students for future study, life and work and allows the development of knowledge, skills and attributes. I don't subscribe to the view that, the, that this will dilute subject choice or their viability. In fact, I see it as a means by which some of the initiatives suggested in the initial report, such as decluttering the curriculum and a focus on deep knowledge and understanding, the project focus of learning et al. can be explored in the nine learning areas. The nine learning areas would also provide the framework for the distribution and the integration of general capabilities, STEM, and act as a focal point between schools, universities, and vocational education. Though not mentioned, I would also add it could be a focal point for partnerships with non-government organisations, community groups, businesses, and maybe even local councils. The final theme I'd like to talk about, though it's not in my area of expertise, as a middle manager and a geography teacher is leading the reform. 
In relation to reforming content and leading reform, I believe it is an area in which I feel I had the capacity to make some inf informal comments. Although it is desirable to have a reduction in the content, it needs to be done in conjunction with a change in thinking concerning the way the content is taught. The content can be covered in many ways which, in which the teacher has, uses their ability to talk about issues in the classroom, provides notes um, and helps students through peer discussion and discussions and organisation of group activities. With careful planning and what I call Structured Independent Learning, SIL, students can engage within the framework and thus develop the capacity to cover existing content in a timely and effective manner. So it involves re rethinking how you approach the content and the way you teach the content. And that would be part of the, a leading reform initiative in a school. If we are smart with what we are doing in the classroom and perhaps minimise some of the distractions and the administration which impacts upon teachers getting on involved with the learning and the teaching in the classroom, there is the capacity for this reform agenda as indicated in the interim report to have some impact on the future. In conclusion, I'd like to thank the um, NESA organisation for the ability for myself and many other people to comment on the interim report. My submission by necessity is selective in the content and the commentary is framed around from the experiences of myself as a teacher, professionally gay, engaged in education and having been teaching for um, 35 plus years since 1984. Thank you for the opportunity to make a contribution. That's all from me for the time being. My name is Martin Pluss. My email is martinpluss, M-A-R-T-I-N-P-L-U-S-S, at gmail.com. And you can find me on at Plu on Twitter. Bye for now.